Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. And I'm going to talk about the anti-vaxxer Djokovic. Perhaps he'll always be known as the anti-vaxxer. Will that designation override the fact that he's probably the best tennis player that ever played? Not the most popular, not the most loved, but if you just look at his record, he's um, got an incredible record. And we're not here to talk about that, but just let it be known if you're not a tennis fan, he is very, very good. Um, Nadal. Federer have a record that's about tied with him, but uh, he's still at his prime, and those two are kind of over the hill, as I would say. So, in all likelihood, his record is going to go on and far exceed theirs. But he may not be known as the best tennis player. He may be known as the anti-vaxxer that didn't get to play in the 2022 Australian Open or that did get to play and was booed. Australia is going through a hard time with COVID, Omicron, just like the rest of us. But I think if you look at his case, there's some stuff to be learned here. And I don't think either side is being terribly rational. But if we just try to apply some cold logic here. Now let's look at it. He came to Australia about a week ago. When he left Serbia, he thought uh, he had a letter that said he was going to get to play. And he got there and they put him in quarantine in a hotel. Uh, He wasn't vaccinated, but everybody knew that before he left. And he stopped by two other countries, Spain and somewhere else on the way over, and he checked on his little travel form that he hadn't been to somewhere else. So there's an error on his application. After he stayed in the hotel a few days, four days or something, they let him get out, pending an appeal, which uh, comes on Saturday. He has lawyers over there fighting it. And they've already done the draw, which is on Monday. Uh, Play's supposed to start, and he's the number one draw. Now, being number one slot, he's going to get a by the first match, so he probably won't have to play till the middle of the week. So the tournament still can make adjustments but it's getting really late in the game now let's look at the arguments on both sides the people that want the vaccines is you know let's keep the load I think the most valid argument they have uh, if you're not vaccinated you're more likely to 
get someone else sick, although that's not 100% clear. Because vaccinated people can also get people sick. So he comes in, he's already been there four days. By the time the hearing comes, he'll be there a week. Um, he supposedly had COVID um, the 16th of December. So he's got some immunity from that. And he's young one of the best athletes in the world, so he's not likely to get sick or in the hospital. I mean, the odds of that are just almost nil. Uh, And I think this is actually the second time he's had COVID. He had COVID uh, back in the the fall. Uh, Both times pretty mild. So he's not getting a vaccine to protect himself. He's probably already protected both by his youth and by the fact that he's had COVID twice. He had the Delta strain and the Omicron strain, probably. So who who are they protecting now if they don't let him come in? He's already been there a week, so he, unlikely that he's got COVID or that he's going to spread it. I mean, it is, there is more of a possibility someone could give him COVID again. Um, probably won't hurt him. Probably wouldn't even stop him from playing uh, tennis. So we're not protecting Djokovic. Are we protecting the crowd? Um, probably not. I mean, he's down on the floor of the stadium. The crowd is going to be at 50% capacity. Uh, people are going to be wearing masks. What he does down on the court, kind of keep their distance from the other players or two different sides of the net. It's not close to the judge. The line kids are kind of in the back of the court. So, yeah, it's outdoors. I, it's probably not very likely that uh, he's either going to get it or pass it. Now, could he get it at a restaurant or something? But I think that's controlled separately where they stay and eat and all that so we're not protecting him we're probably not protecting anyone else and if he got the vaccine it's too late now but if he had the vaccine uh, he still could transmit COVID so he would still be a conduit so I'm not sure how him being vaccinated or unvaccinated changes anything Now, the country is trying to keep the the hospitals from being overrun. So, let's see what makes sense there. You've got an old dude like me, old fart. Now, 74. If I'm not vaccinated, I I pose a risk. Uh, Not only to myself, but... If I don't get vaccinated, there's more of a chance I'm going to end up in the hospital and and bog down the system. And other people that need operations for, you know, a heart attack or kidney stones or whatever um, are less likely to get in there. So there's got to be consequences of that. People not being able to get health (laughs) care. Kind of like living in America. 
being poor. Except they have universal health care in Australia, thank goodness. So, if you're a vaxxer or anti-vaxxer, you help the system out if you're an old dude and get vaccinated. And occasionally you help it out. But there's probably not much difference on the load in the hospital if you're young. And the people that are anti-vaxxers say that it's, you know, their right to decide if they get vaccinated or not. And for whatever reason, they don't feel safe or they don't like someone telling them to, what to do. I kind of get that argument too. I've been like that more so in my youth. There's kind of two extremes here. We've got the like the good of the group and the freedom of the individual as the two things that are kind of at stake. A vaccine um, can be argued as good for the group, but it's actually mostly good for the group if you're a sick person or an old fart, or you're in a job that has a lot of of exposure to people, close-up exposure, like breathing on each other, close. Like when you go to a hospital and somebody's working on you as you over a table and they're coughing on you. Or maybe somebody serving you beer at your Applebee's. Or even somebody, you know, driving a crowded taxi. But even there, if you know, if the window's shut between the front and the back like they used to have in the old taxis, not in the Ubers, but in the old taxis, you used to have a window. Uh, you're in the back seat, got a window cracked. Probably pretty good. So, if we wanted to be, you know, try to get a balance here between both sides, and like the teachers right now, they're and the students, the schools, it's pretty crowded in schools. Like, to be safe, you need like half the kids going and half of them staying home which would be like a compromise. Let the ones that want to stay home, stay home, and the ones that want to go to school, go to school. The teachers that want to stay in the school and the ones that don't, um, and kind of hope that comes out half and half, or you know, you'd have to have less openings in your school if you don't have enough teachers there. But that, that would be some kind of like compromise. Um, which we don't seem to be able to find those kind of solutions in our society. Now, I, what makes sense to me is that the people at danger in this are, you know, pre-existing health conditions. you got a bad ticker, or you're old, or you're both. So, and those people not only propose make most of the risk to themselves they also pass the risk on to the rest of us because they keep the hospitals you know plugged up with people which is fine I mean they need to be there but it seems to me like what would be make sense you know we're doing these vaccine mandates 
and some of them make sense for people that are like working in hospitals and stuff. I can, I can understand the argument for that. But for just across the board trying to do a mandate, uh, I don't see where it gets us. Here's something we haven't heard. How about a mandate for old people? If you're over the 65 and you want to go to a restaurant, you need to have a vaccine. Because we don't want your butt ending up in the hospital. If you're under 65, probably, probably, you know, and you get a little stamp of approval from your doctor that you're in good health. So you can get the stamp of approval that your health is okay, your health and your age are okay, or you can get a vaccine, your choice. Would that be a reasonable compromise? Because it seems, you know, we're doing a lot of fighting over this, but we're not trying real hard to look for a compromise. Now, Djokovic, back to him, I think what harm he's going to do is he was going to do has already been done uh, and it's not real clear to me that he would do less harm if he was vaccinated but they're trying to send a message with him that nobody is above the rules and the rules are everybody needs to be vaccinated of course the thing they're missing there is everybody being vaccinated in Australia or America or having three pokes in your arm is not where this virus came from. It came from a place that doesn't have, but about a, last I saw was about 15, 20% of the population is vaccinated. They don't have the vaccines and they don't have the ability to distribute it and the doctors and stuff to do the arm pokes. In Africa, And there's probably, you know, half the world is not vaccinated. And so we'll keep having variants of of COVID as long as most of the world is not vaccinated. With all the travel we have, it's just not going to stop. So... It's really the whole focus is neither side is actually right because what we're doing is not a sound game plan. We're not seriously trying to protect the old people. And we're not seriously trying to stop the mutations from happening because we're not vaccinating the people where the mutations are happening. India is another potential breeding ground. And there's some news now that, you know, most there's some belief now that we're all going to end up with COVID one way or another. So, sounds like we got to buckle down and try to get the old dudes to get vaccinated. That's where our push should be. And I think we kind of let everybody else decide what the hell they want to do. I think it makes sense to get vaccinated and kind of irritates me that people believe conspiracy theories that probably have no weight. Um, But it is what it is. You want to just get down to kind of an engineering solution? There's two things we have to do. We have to get the people 
that are poor, living in places where there's no vaccine, vaccinated. And even there, you want to concentrate on the old people. Old people in Africa. Then I think we're just going to have to run this course out. We get the vaccination rates up in general. In Africa, offer it to whoever wants to do it. Do that all over the world. Concentrate on the old dudes. The rest of this just kind of seems like just having a big fight that doesn't have much consequence. Anyway, am I oversimplifying it? Take care of the old people and vaccinate the Africans and other people that don't have access to the vaccine. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan kind of pondering out how we've made this vaccination stuff so damn complicated. Hope you have a good one. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan. And I'm going to talk about the anti-vaxxer Djokovic. Perhaps he'll always be known as the anti-vaxxer. Will that designation override the fact that he's probably the best tennis player that ever played? Not the most popular, not the most loved, but if you just look at his record, he's got an incredible record. We're not here to talk about that, but just let it be known if you're not a tennis fan, he is very, very good. Nadal... Federer have a record that's about tied with him, but uh, he's still at his prime, and those two are kind of over the hill, as I would say. So, in all likelihood, his record is going to go on and far exceed theirs. But he may not be known as the best tennis player. He may be known as the anti-vaxxer that didn't get to play in the 2022 Australian Open or that did get to play and was booed. Australia is going through a hard time with COVID, Omicron, just like the rest of us. But I think if you look at his case, there's some stuff to be learned here. And I don't think either side is being terribly rational. And if we just try to apply some cold logic here. Now let's look at it. He came to Australia about a week ago. When he left Serbia, he thought uh, he had a letter that said he was going to get to play. And he got there and they put him in quarantine in a hotel. 
Uh, he wasn't vaccinated, but everybody knew that before he left. And he stopped by two other countries, Spain and somewhere else on the way over, and he checked on his little travel form that he hadn't been to somewhere else. So there's an error on his application. After he stayed in the hotel a few days, four days or something, they let him get out pending an appeal, which uh, comes on Saturday. He has lawyers over there fighting it. And they've already done the draw, which is on Monday. Uh, Place supposed to start, and he's the number one draw. Now, being number one slot, he's going to get it by the first match, so he probably won't have to play till the middle of the week. So the tournament still can make adjustments, but it's getting really late in the game. Now let's look at the arguments on both sides. The people that want the vaccines is, you know, let's keep the load. I think the most valid argument they have, uh, if you're not vaccinated, um, you're more likely to get someone else sick, although that's not 100% clear. Because vaccinated people can also get people sick. So he comes in. He's already been there four days. By the time the hearing comes, he'll be there a week. Um, He supposedly had COVID um, the 16th of December. So he's got some immunity from that. And he's young one of the best athletes in the world, so he's not likely to get sick or in the hospital. I mean, the odds of that are just almost nil. Uh, And I think this is actually the second time he's had COVID. He had COVID uh, back in the the fall. Uh, Both times pretty mild. So he's not getting a vaccine to protect himself. He's probably already protected both by his youth and by the fact that he's had COVID twice. He had the Delta strain and the Omicron strain, probably. So who who are they protecting now if they don't let him come in? He's already been there a week, so he, unlikely that he's got COVID or that he's going to spread it. I mean, it is, there is more of a possibility someone could give him COVID again. Um, Probably won't hurt him. Probably wouldn't even stop him from playing uh, tennis. So we're not protecting Djokovic. Are we protecting the crowd? Um, Probably not. I mean, he's down on the floor of the stadium. The crowd is going to be at 50% capacity. Uh, people are going to be wearing masks. What he does down on the court, kind of keep their distance from the other players or two different sides of the net. It's not close to the judge. The line kids are kind of in the back of the court. So, yeah, it's outdoors. I, it's probably not very likely that uh, he's either going to get it or pass it. Now, could he get it at a restaurant or something? But I think that's 
controlled separately where they stay and eat and all that. So we're not protecting him. We're probably not protecting anyone else. And if he got the vaccine, it's too late now, but if he had the vaccine, uh, he still could transmit COVID. So he would still be a conduit. So I'm not sure how him being vaccinated or unvaccinated changes anything. Now the country is trying to keep the, the hospitals from being overrun. So let's see what makes sense there. You've got an old dude like me, old fart. Now, 74. If I'm not vaccinated, I, I pose a risk. Uh, not only to myself, but if I don't get vaccinated, there's more of a chance I'm going to end up in the hospital and, and bog down the system. And other people that need operations for you know, a heart attack or kidney stones or whatever um, are less likely to get in there. So there's got to be consequences of that. People not being able to get health care. <laughs> kind of like living in America and being poor. Except they have universal health care in Australia, thank goodness. So if you're a vaxxer, anti-vaxxer you help the system out if you're an old dude and get vaccinated and occasionally you help it out but there's probably not much difference on the load in the hospital if you're young and the people that are anti-vaxxers say that it's you know their right to decide if they get vaccinated or not and for whatever reason they don't feel safe or they don't like someone telling them to what to do. I kind of get that argument too. I've been like that more so in my youth. There's kind of two extremes here. We've got the... like the good of the group and the freedom of the individual. That's the two things that are kind of at stake. A vaccine um, can be argued as good for the group. But it's actually mostly good for the group if you're a sick person or an old fart. Or you're in a job that has a lot of, of exposure to people. Close-up exposure, like breathing on each other. Like close. Like when you go to a hospital and somebody's working on you, as you over a table and they're coughing on you. Or maybe somebody serving you beer at your Applebee's. Or even somebody, you know, driving a crowded taxi. But even there, if you know, if the windows shut between the front and the back like they used to have in the old taxis, not in the Ubers, but in the old taxis used to have a window. Oh, you're in the back seat, got a window cracked probably pretty good so if we wanted to be you know try to get a balance here between both sides and like the teachers right now they're and the students the schools 
It's pretty crowded in schools. Like, to be safe, you need like half the kids going and half of them staying home, which would be like a compromise. Let the ones that want to stay home stay home and the ones that want to go to school go to school. The teachers that want to stay in, in the school and the ones that don't. Um, and kind of hope that comes out half and half or, you know, you'd have to have less openings in your school if you don't have enough teachers there. But that, that would be some kind of, like, compromise, um, which we don't seem to be able to find those kind of solutions in our society. Now, I, what makes sense to me is that the people at danger in this are, you know, pre-existing health conditions. You got a bad ticker, or you're old, or you're both. So, and those people not only propose, make most of the risk to themselves, they also pass the risk on to the rest of us because they keep the hospitals, you know, plugged up with people. Which is fine. I mean, they need to be there. But it seems to me like what would be make sense. You know, we're doing these vaccine mandates, and some of them make sense for people that are like working in hospitals and stuff. I can, I can understand the argument for that. But for just across the board trying to do a mandate, uh, I don't see where it gets us. Here's something we haven't heard. How about a mandate for old people? If you're over the 65 and you want to go to a restaurant, you need to have a vaccine. Because we didn't want your butt ending up in the hospital. If you're under 65, probably, probably, you know, and you get a little stamp of approval from your doctor that you're in good health. So you can get the stamp of approval that your health is okay, your health and your age are okay, or you can get a vaccine, your choice. Would that be a reasonable compromise? Because it seems, you know, we're doing a lot of fighting over this, but we're not trying real hard to look for a compromise. Now, Djokovic, back to him, I think what harm he's going to do is, he's going to do has already been done. Uh, And it's not real clear to me that he would do less harm if he was vaccinated. But they're trying to send a message with him that nobody is above the rules and the rules are everybody needs to be vaccinated. Of course, the thing they're missing there is everybody being vaccinated in Australia or America or having three pokes in your arm is not where this virus came from. It came from a place that doesn't have but about a last I saw was about 15, 20% of the population is vaccinated. They don't have the vaccines and they don't have the ability to distribute it and the doctors and stuff to do the arm pokes in Africa. And there's probably, you know, half the world is not vaccinated. And so we'll keep having variants. Of, of COVID as long as most of the world is not vaccinated with all the travel we have it's just not going to stop 
So it's really the whole focus is neither side is actually right because what we're doing is not a sound game plan. We're not seriously trying to protect the old people. And we're not seriously trying to stop the mutations from happening because we're not vaccinated the people where the mutations are happening. India is another potential breeding ground. And there's some news now that, you know, most there's some belief now that we're all going to end up with COVID one way or another. So, sounds like we got to buckle down and try to get the old dudes to get vaccinated. That's where our push should be. And I think we kind of let everybody else decide what the hell they want to do. I think it makes sense to get vaccinated and kind of irritates me that people believe conspiracy theories that probably have no weight. Uh, But it is what it is. You want to just get down to kind of an engineering solution? There's two things we have to do. We have to get the people that are poor living in places where there's no vaccine vaccinated and even there you want to concentrate on the old people old people in Africa then I think we're just going to have to run this course out we get the vaccination rates up in general in Africa offer it to whoever wants to do it do that all over the world concentrate on the old dudes rest of this just kind of seems like just having a big fight that doesn't have much consequence. Anyway, am I oversimplifying it? Take care of the old people and vaccinate the Africans and other people that don't have access to the vaccine. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan kind of pondering out how we've made this vaccination stuff so damn complicated hope you have a good one it's the ancient Texan namaste yo this is the ancient Texan signing off an earthling that believes we are all part of a world wide web. We are all part of us. There are no thems. Namaste.